House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Now, we've got uh, a great guest, uh, first time meeting, and um, of course there's been a lot of, lot of talk lately about this lady, um, Heather Wade, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here, even though it's radio during the day, which is a little bit strange to me, but strange is the business we're in. That's right. And, and daytime is good. I, I, keep, I keep the studio real dark. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Heather, what's been going on? So now it, you, you've kind of um, gone into your own show. Um, you've left Midnight in the Desert. Um, First of all, let's go back to that first I, before we get into the new stuff. Midnight, sure. Midnight in the Desert, uh, it, it, that was an Art Bell um, project, I guess I'll say. Um, so how did you get involved with Art Bell? How did I get involved with Art Bell? Well, um, it started way, way back, oh gosh, uh, even when he was toying around with the idea of uh, coming back with a new show. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who will contest me on this, but I remember when he said, well, we need a name for our new show. What, what is the name going to be? And a lot of people said, oh, call it the Art Bell Show. You know, everybody will know what that is and everybody will tune in. And we sort of wrestled around with a bunch of ideas. And I said, gosh, you know, I think a great idea. This was on a forum that I will not name. I said, I think a great idea would be to call the show after the song that Crystal Gale wrote for you. Why don't you call it Midnight in the Desert? And he liked the idea, and he thought, all right, let's put it to a vote. And there were a few other ideas, and Midnight in the Desert won on the forum just hands down. It was like 97% uh, voted for the name Midnight in the Desert. And uh, then my friends on that forum, by the way, they started sort of pressuring me. I did a little little podcast with them with three other hosts, and they started pressuring me. They were saying, gosh, you know, you should interview Art for his new show. And I said, what are you, out of your mind? He doesn't do interviews, and he's not going to do an interview with a nobody like me. And they said, well, ask him, ask him, send him an email, send him an email. So I, I put him off for a good couple of weeks, and finally... Did you send him an email? Did you send him an email? Did, look, okay, fine, guys. I'll send him an email, and he'll say no or not respond. We can all go back to our lives, all right? Leave me alone. Leave the guy alone anyway. He's private type of guy. So finally, I go, all right, fine. I sent him a, you know, a proper interview request, a 30 to 60-minute interview request. And uh, we go on the air on, I think it was a Thursday night, and we do our little show, and Art just so happened to be tuning in and listening to our little show because we were talking about him. And he heard me on there, and uh, right when that show went off the air, and I mean the minute that we went off the air, I think it was 6 o'clock at night Pacific, the guys are asking me, okay, so you sent the email, did you get an answer yet? Did you get an answer yet? And I, no, I haven't got an answer yet. Let me check, let me check. Because we would chit-chat, you know, after the show was over. And I use the word show very loosely here. So I check my messages, and lo and behold, there's a response from Mark. Oh, my God, oh, my God, guys, he, 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 he responded. 
And he says, yes, I'll do an interview with you, and here's my phone number. When can we talk? And I went, oh, great. Thanks a lot, you guys. I've never done this before. How am I going to do this now? i got to call him. They, he gave you his phone number? Yeah, he gave you his phone number. So uh, I get off the, off the phone with these guys on our group Skype call, and I send uh, Art a little message, and I said, look, i got a day job, and my break is from 2 to 2.20, so here's what I'll do. I'll call you between 2 and 2.05 p.m., <laughs> and he responds, that's a pretty narrow time window, but okay. So I call him up the next day at exactly the time, and he answers, and uh, I'm thinking in my mind, you know, let's do this remotely over Skype if, if we possibly can. You know, I don't know that I could, uh, I could be cool if I'm in the same room. And what does he say? Why don't you come on out to Peru? We'll do the interview out here, and I can show you the studio and everything. And I'm going, oh, be cool, be cool. Okay, that, that sounds great. Okay. And we settled on a day of July 11th, 2015. And I went out to Pahrump, and uh, and we did the thing. I we went out to his guest house, and I had a little digital recorder and some lavaliers and some little notes to do a, an interview with him. And we sat down and did a 54-minute interview in one take, which was the first interview I'd ever done. And I, you know, had not had uh, the obvious thought that when I ask a man a question, he's going to answer it. So it took me a few minutes in the interview to kind of get the flow of how this works and then I kind of got used to the idea we did this interview and um, I remember afterwards one of my friends had come with me to Peru because I, I did not want to get lost out there and he was sitting there quietly in the room while we were doing this interview and when it was over I looked at him and I said well was that okay was that you think that was all right and his face is just beet red, and his eyes are watering, and he's holding his hands over his mouth, trying to stay quiet, and he can't even talk. He's like, yeah, that was, yeah, I, oh, yeah. And I can hear Art, he goes into his studio, and he took, I gave him the chip that the interview was on, the SD chip, and he uh, was taking it into his studio. He's going to put it on his laptop. And uh, I can hear him while I'm asking my friend, is that, do you think that was all right? And I can hear Art from the other room, oh, no, oh, no. And I'm like, uh-oh, what does that say? I think we got to do this again. Uh, I don't know what I, I, I think I deleted it. What? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, you better come in here. I don't know. And he's sitting in his chair. I walk in, he's sitting in his chair, and he's looking at one of his laptops, one of the Skype computers. And I can see it on the screen, the files downloading. You can see the progress bar, the files downloading. And uh, But he's still, you know, saying, I think I deleted it. I don't know. I can't find it on here. I, I made a mistake. We're going to have to do it again. And I said, you're trying to give me a heart attack. Aren't you? I can see the screen right there. And he laughed and laughed. And that was kind of it. It was just very strange to meet someone that you never met before in person and it felt like meeting an old friend that you just hadn't seen in a week or something like that and we went back on over to his house from the guest house and sat and talked about a, a few things I had ideas for the program and uh, he was like ah you know do whatever you do whatever you want I guess and so anyway I go home 
and um, sent him an email. And I said, hey, uh, just wanted to let you know we made it home safe. Hope we weren't you know, too much trouble. And thank you very much for the interview. We're going to release it on July 18th um, in, a, in a week. And he's like, ah, great. Well, he calls. And I was not expecting him to call. I'm thinking, we've done this interview, and, and wow, isn't that the highlight of my life? And it's over. Nope, he calls. And I should have known at the time. I really should have known, but I thought it was a joke. He calls up, and he says, yeah, so you made it home safe. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I made it home safe. My ears are a little weird from the from the plane flight there, Art. But, yeah, we, we're fine. We made it home. I hope we weren't too much trouble for you. And he goes, well, you know, I... I got bad news. <laughs> you got bad news? What What do you mean? Well, I, I'm not going to make the 20th. That was the first day that Midnight in the Desert was going to hit the air. It was uh, July 20th of 15. I'm not going to make it. And I said, what do you mean you're not going to make it? Graham Hancock, he's scheduled. What are, you, what are you talking about? He goes, well, there's something wrong with the, you know, Aaron. There's somebody, Aaron's family, somebody's sick. We got we to gotta go to the Philippines. And I said, what? You can't do that. And he said, well, you know, you're going to have to do it then, I guess. You're going to have to do the show. And I said, oh, you can't. I just, I don't know. What do I do? I have to go back out there? What do you, well, I guess I can help out. I don't know. He lets me go on for a good four or five solid minutes thinking that, you know, he's going to make me do this. And I finally, just, you can't. You just can't. I can't talk to Graham Hancock. You're going to have to stay. I don't know what we're going to do. Can you do the show from the Philippines? That's what we'll do. And he finally, he starts laughing, and he's joking around, and he's like, ah, I was just messing with you. But you'll be there listening on the on the 20th. Well, yes, I will. Of course I will. And, uh, you know, he just kept calling. I remember he called again shortly after that to tell me he saw a shadow person in his radio room, he was doing some studying up on paranormal news, and he saw a shadow person, and he thought that there was someone in the room to the point where he stood up with a shot, grabbed his gun, and was kind of walking around. He walked out of his radio room, and, you know, Aaron's like, are you okay? What's what's going on? And he's just looking around. I don't know. And uh, I, I, I thought I saw something in there. And, you know, he talked about all of this stuff for years and years on the air, but a shadow person he had never seen before. <clears throat> and so he calls me up, and he tells me about it about a half hour later. And he says, well, what do you think I should do? And I said, well, I think you should tell everybody this on the air when you get on. You know, they'd love to hear this. And so it just kind of kept happening. He kept calling, and one day he calls and says... You know, I need some help. I go, well, you need some help? Okay. I have a day job, but we'll see what we can, you know, I don't know that I could do anything. I don't have experience or knowledge or anything to help me. He goes, well, what do you think about producing? And I go, well, I've never, ever done any kind of radio producing. I'd be over the moon to help you. But I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know anybody. I don't know all the guests or anything. He goes, ah, you got Google. Well, okay. <laughs> And he starts telling me a little bit about how to produce and how to prep. And, and he, he kind of gives me this quick sort of outlying crash course on how to produce a radio show for him. And then he says, I think you'd be able to do it. I'd like to bring you on board to do it. How much do you make it your job? Well, I told him. He goes, all right, I'll double it. I'll double it. But here's the thing. 
<clears throat> number one, you cannot have your own show while you're producing for me. And number two, I need you to work for 30 days before you get paid. You're going to give me 30 days of performance, and I will see what you can do, and then we'll figure out if you're permanently on board or not. And he said, is that a deal you can make? Are you going to make it for 30 days? And yes, I will. I, I, can, I can handle that. Okay. And for 30 days, I put my back into it like you would not believe. And today, now, here we are. Hmm. Well, that's, a, that's quite a story. Now, <laughs> how, did, how did this uh, um, go with um, the, the leaving of the show? Mm, well, it, that isn't such a long story. No. <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty short story. I was, uh, well, of course, like everyone out there, and everybody misses him. Uh, I was grieving pretty hard at first. It hit me very hard. This all was incredibly sudden, incredibly unexpected, and, uh, and it was very, very difficult at first, like I said, for everyone. And I was wanting to take some time to grieve because... Well, there was all kinds of thoughts going through my mind. Do I still believe in the paranormal? How do I get interested in an interview about Bigfoot now? All I can think about is the loss of my friend. And and helping the family a little bit as I could. And um, all of a sudden I look at MidnightInTheDesert.com one day when I wake up. And this is all the stuff, by the way, Alan, I am not supposed to talk about. Of course. So here we are talking about it. So I look at the website, and it says, we are going to have a guest host tonight. And I say, really? We are? Oh, isn't that interesting? Art was adamantly against any kind of a guest host. He was my guest host. And uh, so I call Keith Rowland, and I do not get an answer on a telephone. And so I call my producer, Michelle Freed Bulgatz, who I hired, by the way, and trained and brought in. She does not answer the phone. And she tells me she's at a doctor's office. And I said, no, you're lying. Answer the phone. Who's the guest host? I would like to know. And neither one of them answer. And so then I wait for a few days, waiting. Well, if they're not going to answer me, perhaps they'll call me back when they can, right? This is how business goes. So I wait for a day, uh, a day turns into the week, finally, and everybody's asking me, what's going on, what are you doing, I don't know, I haven't heard from anybody, I have no idea what's going on. And then I uh, finally decide, you know, all this online stuff is ridiculous, I'm just going to call Keith. And I call him up, and I'm about to tell you what I have not said on the air since all of this began. I'll tell you the truth, Alan. Okay, drum roll. Yeah, what I was told by Keith Rowland on the phone, and I, and I, there's no need for me to exaggerate. There's no need for me to embellish here. I'll tell you exactly what he said. He said, you know, I only put you on the air because Art wanted me to put you on the air. I have never thought that you're the one. I think Art made a mistake choosing you, and I've never liked you, to tell you the truth, and I'm glad to get rid of you. What we need is as a man. Oh, next wow. job, and you're about to get your termination papers in a couple hours. And I said, well, why are you doing this? Why are you being like this? You've been difficult from day one. You've done nothing but damage to midnight in the desert, and I'm glad. I'm glad to get rid of you. And that was about it, Alan. Wow. 
Well, I mean, right. you didn't. So you didn't expect that. Your relationship with him was it um, rocky? Did you feel it was the same, like uh, bumpy or difficult? Uh, you adversarial in any way? Uh, pardon? What was that other question? There? Oh, were you adversarial? I mean, the two of you. I mean, did you? Uh, well, like Al said, you know, arguing. Yeah. Behind the scenes in radio is not exactly the way it is on the air. It's it's tough. It's a tough business. But, you know, I've always said I don't want to do the show without Keith. Keith has been a part of the Art Bell world forever and ever. You know, it's always been, hey, I think Keith is going to get that photo of the UFO for us up on the website, you know. And he is a part of it. And I thought of Keith as a big brother. You know, sometimes you get on my last nerve, but I, you know, would not want to do the show without him, honest. And, you know, we all have our good days and our bad days, and sometimes we don't want to be bothered, and sometimes we're tired, and all of these things. So I always try to just kind of put up with it. Keith has his own reputation. I don't need to, I don't need to uh, expand on that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard, did but, you, um, but I would put did, up did, with. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, it's. Uh, I'm sorry. I would. I would put up with it to, in order to get on the air. Sometimes people are short with each other, uh, in order to get a show on the air that night. You see. Well, I, I get the impression you're saying that basically it was a palace coup while you were away from the palace. Is that kind of how it went down? You. Where they just yeah. took the opportunity to remove you while you were gone. Yes, and took the opportunity because, uh, and this is a hard thing to say because it's very difficult uh, even now for me to talk about art in the past tense, but because art isn't here and art isn't going to call anybody and tell them what in the world are you doing, well, they're getting away with what they can get away with. Well, who's actually in charge? I mean, Arthur <laughs> was a sick man. I mean, right. who who's actually in charge of the place if he had to pass it on to someone else? I mean, that's yeah. what I'm curious to see, the chain of command. Okay, well, Keith was in charge of the website. <clears throat> Excuse me. Keith was in charge of the website, distribution of the program, and running the ads. And I am in charge of providing the content and the content itself. And the, the, that's my job. And so I was telling them, look, just put on more art replays until I can come back. I need another week, and I'll come back. We'll do open lines with everybody. We'll bring guests on to talk about you know, art's impact on their life. We'll have listeners call in. They want to talk about how art you know, affected them and impacted their life, and, and this is what we're going to do. And so I am giving them a plan for the content in the future. And the reason that I has uh, been kicked to the curb, at least on paper, is that I was not providing any content. But that's the distribution of uh, duties. He does the ads. He um, does the website. And he distributes the show, meaning you know, streaming it out to the servers where the listeners all pick it up. So. Did he act on his own, or did he act in collusion with others, do you feel? I feel he may have acted in collusion with others, but I can't prove it. So all I can really say is that Keith has done this on his own. And the name of your new show is changed, right? It's the Kingdom of Naya. Do I have that right? 
Yes, you do. I went ahead uh, when he had our website shut down, artbelllegacy.com, had that shut down. And by the way, that was given to me. That was not something I went and registered myself. But he had our website shut down, and the quickest way to get back up and running and get back on the air was a new name. It seems to have worked, huh? <laughs> and it did. It worked, and we are back on the air, at least, at the very, very least. Well, that's cool because I like listening to your show. <laughs> we've been we've been really having some interesting guests come on here lately, and uh, they've really been uh, they've really been showing up with their A game uh, to to deliver some fantastic programs. And the audience, well, the audience shows up every night also, so this is really good. And we're picking up affiliates. We don't have you know we're not uh, we don't have a huge collection of affiliates right now, but I'm just excited that we have affiliates knocking on our door and it looks like if you look at uh, they tell me every night on talk stream live that we're pretty high up there in the rankings and the numbers so it's uh, it's it's strange to not be doing this with keith and art it's it's scary almost but it's also very exciting and as crazy as this may sound I can almost sense Art smiling sometimes when I'm in the studio at night and it's about the last hour of the show. I can almost just sense a nod and a smile of approval. And I truly hope that that is real and not just my imagination. So it could be a shadow person. Yeah, it should be a shadow. <laughs> yeah, where, where do you want to bring this show now? Like what, what, what direction do you want to take it in? Define direction. Well, uh, the show as it was with Midnight in the Desert and how it was going, and with Keith. Now you don't have Keith. Mm -hmm. What do you plan on doing? Or do you do you want to? Are you going to keep it the same? Or are you going to do some changes to it? Um, maybe a different direction. Maybe different types of guests. Or is everything kind of going to kind of stay the same? Well. You know, the only kind of radio I know how to do is the kind of radio art taught me to do. Right. So, and the only show that I really know how to do is Midnight in the Desert. I mean, even with the Kingdom of Nye, I slip sometimes. And I'll say, send me an email to Heather at Mid uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll do these things, uh, which is, it, because it's in there, it's ingrained, it's in my blood. And this is the only show um, that I have in my in my heart and in my blood. So I don't know that it's appropriate to change any kind of the format. Art has a winning formula. <clears throat> he really does. And I want to keep to that format. Of course, it doesn't always have to be paranormal. Art was trying to emphasize this when he was hosting, and boy, did he ever get a lot of kicking and screaming from the audience. But it does not always have to be paranormal. As long as it's interesting and it has to do with our lives, it ought to be talked about on talk radio. This was Art's philosophy. I'll always keep it a long-form show. I am not going to uh, start splitting up the show and having two or three or four guests on in a night. That's, uh, that's just opposite of what Art's intention was for a long-form show. So I'll always do that. <clears throat> and... On into the future, you know, what I want is to grow this program because here's what I really want. And, and, and I want to run this past you guys and get your reaction to this, your thoughts 
on this because we've got Alexander William Bell in this world now. He is about 11 months old, and he doesn't know anything about his daddy. He doesn't know about his father. He's still a tiny baby. And I want to teach him about radio. I want to teach him about his father. And his mom likes this idea. And my idea is to grow this show as big as we can possibly get it. And when I get old, and when Alexander William Bell is ready, or if Asia wants to learn and she wants to pick it up, we can hand it on over to her or him when they're old enough and when they've learned enough and they at a point where they can host a program, I'd be more than happy to hand everything over to Alexander William Bell or to Asia Rain Bell, either one that wants to take this on, and then we will have a bell on the air and everybody can call Alexander Bell and tell him. He can hear it from the audience. He can get those calls himself. And I, we all know that he will, right? Yeah. And they can tell him about his father. And we have a bell on the air. And when Alexander has children, if he has a son or a daughter that takes the radio, he can teach them. And on and on it can go. And this, Alan, is a legacy. And this is what I intend to do with the program. I don't know if all It's more than a legacy. It's more, it's more of a dynasty. You could you say that. Something like the Kennedys or something, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, great. Right. Oh, right. Don't you want a bell on the air? Don't you think we ought to have a bell on the air? Why, why did Art teach me all of this so it can end with me? It doesn't seem right either. No, you want no continuity, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, frankly, um, you know, when he left coast to coast, coast to ho coast went to uh, it went to hell. Um, I'll get screamed at for that, but that's how I've always felt. Yeah, I'm going to tell him on you. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that's how we've always felt. So that's. Well, so I don't think it's a big secret. No. I I mean, come on. I mean, that's just. Uh, that's. I, I, it's not the first time I've said that, and. Uh, and sometimes people. Well, why do you say that, though? I mean, I'm curious. I, I, uh, because, well, a couple of different reasons. First of all, Art Bell had a, 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 a way of doing a show. And, of course, you can't replace that. But he also had style to him. And he didn't, he didn't, um, uh, he didn't take his own total belief and make the show around that. It was around the guest. Um, Coast to Coast currently has. Uh, a feel to it and almost like an agenda to the way that they question and the, the way that they actually talk to guests. It's talking from what I believe is right and how do you make me change my mind rather than you as a guest tell me what you know. And, and that's a problem for me um, listening. So, but, you know, yes. I mean, that's me. And I'm only one and, person. And, and how about you, Heather? I mean, what is it you feel has gone wrong with the show? Gone wrong with Coast? <laughs> yes. On, that's what's wrong. Uh, and this is also stuff that I never talk about on the air, but I guess that's the, that's the thing about being on someone else's show. You can kind of let it hang out a little bit. Um, you know, what they've done, like Coast to Coast AM, Art and Ramona made Coast to Coast AM. It's as, just as much Ramona as it ever was art. 
they both made that out of the out of love they had for each other and love that they had for radio and love for just playing blowing people away with something something cool in the middle of the night and and that was the thought process behind it also another thought process behind long form late night talk arts vision is you let a person tell their story it's as simple as that you let a person tell their story you have a two-way conversation with them the way we're having here it's not a lecture it's not it's not for sound bites either it's for a good in-depth conversation to get a person to tell their story you know, I guess it comes to mind that art had on way back when he was doing coast was uh, Zeph Daniels and he had uh, he had an incredible story to tell I mean Zeph told a story about uh, being growing up with satanic cults uh, excuse me I don't want to cough in your ear here sorry about that <laughs> so you know, here we've got a real delicate topic. Uh, we've got someone uh, who's who's coming to talk about things very intimate, very private, not exactly things that you would be proud of. Uh, you know, I mean, this is this is this is delicate stuff, and and also again very intimate. And Zeph Daniels comes on. Art was on five hours a night at the time. He comes on, he's telling his story. Never once did Art talk about is Satanism right or wrong. Never once. Uh, he, he didn't have an opinion. He simply let Zeph tell his story. And the questions that he asked were only to draw more out of the young man's story. And treated him with respect, did not uh, talk down to him, did not treat him like a victim. And here he's telling his story of being a victim of these god-awful satanic cults and all of this stuff. And, and Zeph, if you're listening, hello, <laughs> always admired you and your strength. Uh, but here, I think, is a very good example. And what we have now, see, Zeph came on simply to tell us a story. And, and everybody heard it and everybody listened. I heard it live, I remember. Now what we've got is, uh, well, paranormal date. And you've got uh, the latest book and the latest television program and the latest thing that you can subscribe to uh, to maybe get a little entertainment value on something that is highly questionable as far as the paranormal goes. You know, this is what we're getting now. When was the last time you ever heard somebody say, God, I heard a, just a really interesting story on Coast? Exactly. Yeah, and, and the other thing that bothers me is you can – Put it on, and it's five days a week of nothing but politics, and uh, it, you know, it's just it's too much for me. I, if I want politics, I can turn on any channel, uh, CNN, Fox, any of them, and it's twenty-four-seven. Have they leaned that far? Yeah. It, in fact, you know, I'd always scan through at night. I usually listen to the books of people I'm interviewing at night, but I'll, I'll sometimes be tired of it and just turn on uh, to listen to the radio. And every time, and you go through their their listing, and I'm looking for a show that's interesting for the last month, and it's just craziness. It's 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 all politics, and politics kind of aimed at. And I, I just I'm, mm. I'm tired of it. Politics uh, with an agenda to get you on either the red team or the blue team. I'm guessing the red team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because uh, I mean, come on, it's it's all 
you know, it's the it's the Christian coalition there. It's just, you know, so I'm sort of on, on, on coast to coast. I mean, have they really turned into a, a political? Yeah, right. We even I tell you what, go go right on their their show now. I mean, it's stuff like Alex Jones, Roger Stone, um, and uh, people mm. like that. And of course, the conversation's all about, you know, even if they take the current things about shootings, you know, and it's all about being a false flag and it's fake, mm-hmm. and, it's, and, and it's just all that stuff. And, and it just drives me crazy because it's the same thing over and over. And it's just a different person each night telling me that uh, the government's out to get me, that it's fake, and that nobody got killed. And, and then it's Alex Jones, you know, the deep state is against him and trying to set him up, just like Trump. Just like, and I'm just like, come on, I can turn on Fox if I want that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that's not what radio is about. Or, if it, you know, there's political radio shows Leave it yes. for them. Leave it for Rush. Yes. Leave it for Leave them. for Rush. Leave it yeah. for Savage. Leave it for Levin and these guys who do it very well. Yeah. But what the question is, look, Alan, you're talk show host, right? Yeah. So when you go to put a guest on your program or you're looking at the couple weeks ahead, aren't you thinking in your mind, okay, what am I offering the listener? Isn't this what we're in the business of doing? Exactly. And that's the whole the whole theme of it. I look to make sure I've got enough of everything, and I'm, I'm covering things, and I'm bringing in people that are interesting, and we, we're, we're the latest thing, but it's not about politics. It's very seldom do we get into that, and it's only if some sort of political person has something to do with the case, mm. right? I mean, why else would I bring it up? I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah. Mind at all bringing up an issue? That's okay. Like bringing up, like I plan on doing a couple of shows that are not about the paranormal. I want to do a program on gun control, but it's not going to be what you, you know people probably think when they hear, "Oh God, you're going to do a show on gun control? Just turn it off now." No, what I want is to be. I want to offer the question. Okay, we got this issue. What do you think? And I want them to call me. This is not going to be a guest telling you what to think. No, I would never do that. I want to do an open lines and ask people, what are your thoughts? What do you think? And I want someone with one view to call in. And I want the next person to have a different view and the next person to have a different view. And if I'm lucky, I'll get a couple of callers on the air and let them go at it together. I'll let them debate it out. An issue, I think, is all right. Issues that affect our lives. But when you're taking one side or the other, now you're not doing a talk show, Alan. You're having a rally. Exactly. And that's kind of how it's gone. That's the other thing I dislike. You know, and and a feature about Art Bell that I like was um, I like people that do something original. Like I like uh, Howard Stern. I like people like Art Bell because what they did was something nobody else was doing. That's right. You know, whether you like... Well, yeah, I'm not sure I would lump uh, Art Bell in with um, Howard Stern. Oh, yeah, shot no, shot totally. One, I think, was no, no, probing no. the edges of, of, you know, of our universe, so to speak, in every sense. But uh, <laughs> I have admiration for Art Bell. I don't have much for Howard Stern. Oh, no. I, I, but my point is what they both did for radio was something, they created something that was yes. not being done. Yes. And, that, yes. you know, whether you like the, 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 the subject, that's one thing. But 
um, they actually began something that everybody else is copying. Yes, and think about it. This is something that I love to remind folks of because it's such a it's such a, a devastating number. Art had between eighteen and twenty million listeners, million yeah. a night, a night on Amazing. about the same or around the same number of affiliate stations. And I don't know that there are television shows on the air right now. I mean, I think, what, Dr. Phil gets about 10, 11, maybe 12 million. I mean, he's on television. Number one daytime talk uh, on television is Dr. Phil. And he can't get 18 to 20 million a day like Art did. Tuning in to listen to his program didn't matter what he had on. Didn't matter if it was open lines or what he was doing. Didn't matter if he, I remember one time, woke up late and gets on the air and tells everybody at 10 p.m. Pacific, well, I just woke up, every guy, everybody, but I'm here. I'm on the air. It's open line. <laughs> and it turned out to be a fantastic program. You know, a person that can do that uh, is really good at what they do, and I'm going to listen. If that man wants to teach me, I am going to listen. Yeah, yeah and that's sort of what I mean. They, they create it. These people, like, like Art Bell, create something that can't be duplicated. It gets copied. But what mm -hmm. they do is create something. They create a whole new concept to what they do. Yeah. And that's what it is. So it's, it's the type where you get someone that will just view or listen because of who, who's on the show, not because of the guest, but it's because it's Art Bell. And, mm -hmm. and that's what they create. And that's, that's, right now it's copied a lot, but there's no, you know, so he's, he's more of a creator, someone that does something different. And yes. uh, I get nothing new out of Coast to Coast, so that's how. How's how's your relationship then? This is the the other big one with with Dave Schrader and and that situation. Now that he's taken over <laughs> the midnight in the desert, yes. I, it, it, this is a touchy one, I know. And yeah. for for us, sounds here, touchy. Well, <laughs> we like touch, but for us here. Um, it was all about touchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do here? It's not to touch those nerves, right? Yeah. But no, we 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 are all about getting along here. But and and the thing is, it's it's a, it's an awkward situation because when you like both yourself and Dave, and you're sort of in the middle, kind of going, well, I I don't like to see this tension going on in the community. So what's what's your thought on that? Hmm. Well, Art didn't know Dave, and I don't know Dave, and that's about it. I just don't know him. Yeah. And, you know, if you really want to know, I mean, it, it seems like to me he's got no business sitting there, but uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, well, I mean, well, th that's the last three years of my life. Right. And he's going to well, step in. Okay, all right, fine. Okay, there's a way around. You're saying he shouldn't be there. I mean, uh, you say he shouldn't be there, uh, that he has no business being in that chair. I mean, are you saying it's because he doesn't perform the duties or because the chair was rightfully yours? Because Art had intended for Midnight in the Desert to be hosted by me. Right. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I was just trying to clarify. Really making an effort here, guys. Uh, yeah, I know. Making an effort to not, uh, to keep to facts and keep things straightforward and simple for you and not, uh, you know, I know all of this is going to hit the gossip mill. Right. I know it is. 
uh, and that's fine. But I'm really making an effort here um, to not insult anybody. I don't want to insult Keith Rowland. I do not want to insult Dave Schrader as as he's a colleague. He's another host out there. He's another talk show host, and I respect him as a host. But Midnight in the Desert is mine. Very well said. Yeah. And it's not meant to slam. It's just um, I think people have got to realize that it's that's what it is. You're not on it anymore. They've got someone else doing it, and it's not so much that who it is that's doing it. It's just that they have someone else doing it. Right, yes, right. And, um, I remember being asked, well, if you're not going to be on and you aren't going to provide content for us, then, you know, you provide a guest host. And I remember, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to get anybody to feel sorry for me, but through my tears saying, well, my guest host has passed away. You know, who do you want me to get? I just need a few days and I'll be back on. And... Um, well, that isn't what happened. So what do we do, right? Yeah. You figure it out. You find out what you're made of, and you get up, and you find a way. That's what you do. You don't lament. You don't complain. You don't, oh, poor me. No, no, no. It's not poor me. It's what are you going to do? And so I found a way to get back on the air. Well, so you moved on. Yeah. Uh, now, um, it is it is good to have you back on the air, by the way. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Quick work, man. Whew, this has been really a job to get back on. And I bet. I think the biggest part of it was uh, programming this Eventide BD500, my new uh, profanity delay. Boy, I was all kinds of impressed. I'm not usually proud of myself on things, but I have never configured a profanity delay ever before. <laughs> and, uh, I got that done, and I, I'm proud of my little dump button there. We yeah, got that. But yeah, being back on the air is uh, is surreal. It's all very strange, uh, but it's a privilege, and it is a great honor. And I want to do right by art, and I want to do right by the Bell family. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to insult anybody out there or talk trash about anybody or put anybody down. Uh, there, there's no sense in that. Like I said, I didn't want to do the program without Keith. And that, and that is the truth. That is God's honest truth. And all of this, yes, it hurt. It hurt bad. Uh, but again, you find a way and you carry on. And life isn't fair. No, certainly not. No. Certainly. Uh, can I ask one thing about Art? Um, I'm rather unclear on how quickly he passed away. You mentioned that he passed away quickly. It was kind of unexpected. Could you elaborate on that a little without being insensitive to the family, of course? Um, because, I mean, for me, when he was there and the next was gone, and I've seen so little on what happened. You know, like someone dies in a hotel room like Anthony Bourdain, and they say he was found dead. It's like, how, what, you know, what, what happened? This was a big person in my life, you know. Yes, oh yes, well, we, uh, well, let me um, make sure I do this right. Um, well, to tell you the, the truth, we're waiting uh, waiting on more information. Apparently labs are backed up, and uh, even we are waiting for information. Um, uh -huh. I really would love to tell you a definitive cause, uh, but at this time I, I don't know. I, I need to look at uh, 
examination reports in order to fully know. And this is something that is uh, heart-wrenching to me, to not know. You know, it was the same for me. I did a program with Jason Offit. Uh, Art would always uh, post my guests to his Facebook to advertise for the program. And it was a Friday. I woke up on a Friday, and I had this question for open lines. And I was always, I would call him and say, hey, this is, this is what I thought of for open lines. You know, what do you think? And he'd say, yes, people will call or people won't call or whatever. And I was planning on, uh, on calling him when I woke up to ask him my open lines question, if it was any good. And I did not make that call. Instead, I woke up, my phone was completely dead. It was plugged into the wall, but the phone was black, completely dead. I just, I didn't know that anything was wrong. I just had this sense that, turn the phone on. You need to turn the phone on. You know, something's up. You gotta, somebody's trying to call you. It's important. Turn the phone on. And so I plugged it into a, a battery pack charger that I have. Finally got the thing to come on. And I saw Aaron's call come through. And usually if Aaron calls in the afternoon, it means we're going to have dinner that night. Um, and so I, I answered the phone. I said, well, what's going on this afternoon, Aaron? And she says, her voice didn't sound right. And she said, Heather, it's Art. He's gone. And that's how I found out. And I still feel inside like I just found out. And so we need more information um, from the examining physicians to know anything more. And I wish I could give you more than that. Uh, even we are waiting for that. Yeah, it would help with closure. Uh, again, I'm referring to Anthony Bourdain, but we've since found out that it was suicide, but no one seems to know why he committed suicide because he seemed to have it all. And it does leave you wondering, because this was a fixture in our lives, and our bell was a fixture in mine. And, uh, I mean, if he'd been declining steadily for a long period and was just getting worse and worse, yes, that's understandable. But it came as, like for you, I think, a, a big shock. For everyone. More so for you to be, of course. For everyone, uh, I, I would think especially for the family. Uh, well, you know, the ones that I think about, you know, in a sense, I sometimes feel guilty because I'm the person on the air. I'm the person uh, out, you know, in the public talking about all of this. I knew him for just over three years. Aaron was married to him for 12, mother of his children. There are friends of his uh, that have known him for far longer than I'm Keith Rowland has known Art for, what, 20 years, 20 years plus? You know, there, there are people at Coast that have known him far longer than I have. Um, and, and, you know, what right do I have to miss him so much? Um, I don't want well, to... Every right. Every that, right. If you care for a person, you have every right. Well, I, but I, I want to put that out there. Uh, but I would think if, if it's sudden and a shock, and I mean, when I heard, it was like you just sucked all the air out of life and the whole world just sort of went distant, you know, when the camera kind of pans very far away and the world is starting to get very distant from you and the volume starts to turn down on the, on the world and, and you're just floating and you don't understand and your mind can't accept it and it just doesn't compute and it hurts like you would not believe and so if that's what I'm experiencing I cannot imagine I just cannot imagine and it's not just I mean art had family 
you know, all over the country. He had family, uh, you know, in the Philippines. He's got family all over the place, and they're all missing him just as much. And, uh, and it's incredibly sudden. It's it's just it's just like when well, somebody just pulls that rug right out from underneath you or, you know, yanks the tablecloth and everything falls off the table. One minute it was the dream and the next minute it's the nightmare. Yeah. With me, everything always falls off the table. I don't know how those people keep that stuff. I don't know really don't. Yeah. And then, I think there's a gimmick to it or something. I don't know. There must be special glasses and plates or something. But no, and then the aftermath added to that. And, uh, and again, you try to find out what you're made of. Well, um, that's very well said. And, and, and we really appreciate you coming on the show, especially at uh, the, this time. It's still pretty uh, sensitive and it's still pretty uh, volatile out, out there. There's still a lot of talk going on, uh, I see, all over the web. So, Oh, yes. Very raw. But, Very you know, it, it should settle down, and hopefully people can... Uh, come together a little bit more than it, it, it this goes with the society i think we're a little bit uh snappy and judgmental right now in in the states and mm -hmm. things things need to calm down a little you know a little bit i i don't um i don't have uh, any ill will toward what has uh, the people that have have done this i don't have ill will all I want is to do an honest program, do my program, do an honest program. I would like to be able to make that nightly connection with my listeners. And other than that, I'm not after anybody out there. I want to make that incredibly clear. I'm not after anybody. I don't want to insult anybody. I wish everyone out there all the success. And that's not a platitude. That's not me trying to make myself look good. No, we're all in the business of getting truth out there and coast uh, want you know if they succeed fantastic if Dave and Keith succeed fantastic that is great I want radio to succeed I want the nighttime airwaves to be hot with truth and I just want to have my own part in that is all that's all I want that's right the water is warm come on in <laughs> mm, that's right let's go for a ride <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, time is out, but uh, again, thank you very much, Heather Wade, and uh, good luck on the new show. Uh, you're on just before, as I know, on KCAA in L.A., and I think you're on our the uh, KYAH. I think I saw that just recently, too, and I know we're on there twice a day, so... Are you? Well, oh. fantastic. I hope uh, I hope I maybe uh, got some truths out, maybe cleared some things up. I hope so. But, again, thank you. I think you did a marvelous job. Well, thank you for the opportunity to come on. I'm happy to come on anytime. To find out more about our show, guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.